I can't focus. It's not. Okay, so this week, what are we talking about? I think we're going to talk about some adding value. We'll actually get back to the real estate content side of the world a little bit. What? I know, right? It's been a couple episodes of just shooting. We're still just shooting, but uh, we'll we'll talk talk about, you know, we talk about Burr and all that stuff before, but how do you do that? If you haven't heard about Burr, please go back and watch our videos. They're titled... Uh, I don't know. One Mur, of the one of the letters B one or of the, R exactly. or R or it's R. actually a really great series to watch if you are interested in the Burr model and uh, or if you have no clue what it is. Yeah, uh, give it a watch. I think we did a good job of explaining it because Hopefully. we are gonna we are gonna go back to this model. I think throughout our podcast and uh, and just touch on it. And so it, it would be great to have that as a primer. You know, Bigger Pockets yeah. always talks about it, and other real estate podcasts will throw in that that term but yeah. uh it, it is good to kind of do a little bit of background yeah just just it. just to remind you that we're you know we we're still talk about real estate every so often yeah we still invest <laughs> we still buy houses every so often every so often yes. um but yeah so i mean the 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 super quick synopsis of burr is you buy a house you add some value to it in some way shape or form it doesn't need to be a house could be a building or some variety mm-hmm. and then you add enough value so that you can take some money out of it so exactly. the, the important piece here being, how do you add the value? And I think there's a 101 different ways for 101 different property types that you could add value to a property. So why don't we just talk about them? Sounds good. What's first? What's first? Simple stuff. Paint. Simple stuff. Paint. <laughs> is, this, is this how this episode's going to go? Um, like, Okay, so you, you take your first steps in a property, right? You're going on property tours. Maybe you, you see it on realtor.ca or mm-hmm. your, your local agent or the best agents in the city. I'm pointing right now for all those listening. I'm pointing to Phil and I, <laughs> mainly me. What? <laughs> so you're going to to walk through now, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you've picked a list of five properties and you're going to take a look at them. And uh, if you're looking for solely investments, uh, you're going to see some rundown properties, most likely. Some some properties that maybe not are rundown, but are uh, dated for sure. And we see that all the time. Mm-hmm. And you walk in and there's old paint and there's maybe smoke damage from people smoking or there's you know, uh, furniture rubbing against the walls. It's dirty. It's dated. It's yeah. wacky colors. And it's the first thing you notice in most properties. Oh, wacky colors in. is a great example if the camera's on. Oh, I can't even. He's opening the door right now. <laughs> and uh, this is this can, is a home that needs some that camera it, can, but can get yeah, it, I think. But maybe. Maybe I we can see it. But yeah, for those listening, there's colors crazy colors in Phil's office. Part of the reason I brought bought the house. I don't understand why they painted it like that. But it's kind Bro, of Bro, there's but. like seven colors just sitting between us and like, okay, one, two in that room, three in that room, shares the gray, so four with this red wall. There's a blue in the bathroom. And there's shocker that you got doors. such a good deal. Hey, man. I think it they, goes hand in hand, they, right? They could have spent an extra 5K, tidied her up, and, and there was still junk in, like the backyard was a wasteland. But I think... I, it's I, the first thing you notice. I mean, yeah. And, and if you're not a, it, that if, held it back. If you're not a long-term investor, if if you if you don't have all that knowledge and you walk in, you're going to be turned off very quickly. And especially if you're an end user and you don't mm-hmm. have the vision of how a property is going to look. So a lot of the times, yeah. people will have that vision and they'll walk in and go, "Okay, I can move this here. I can put a couch here. I can put my kitchen here." Yeah, well, that's where here. like that's boom, where you boom, can boom. you as the buyer can get a deal. That's right. Where if you can, made. if there's some. I mean, I think we're talking pretty specifically for like most buyers about like the lipstick category of work, right? Just like 
okay, we paint the house, we can change the floors, we can like update the cabinets a little bit, right? The general, like nothing too crazy to the property, but just making it look better than it is from like a, a design perspective. Um, the just the fit and finish perspective, but that's part of the reason that like it held back this house and it holds back many homes. And if you're a new buyer, you probably like, especially like, hey, you're a lot of people now moving out of condos into a freehold space. They're used to the condo style of living. They're used to everything being finished and tight. And a lot of the buyers that, you know, we don't never we never have to deal with because we do so many investments are just looking for the sexy finished stuff. But we can add some we can look at the less sexy finished stuff, knowing it's not going to take us a bunch of money to tidy it up and add our own value. And paint is actually relatively inexpensive. No, it's the, the labor painting, is expensive. Yeah, the labor is expensive. And if you, if you hire professional painters, you're going to be paying an arm and a leg. But they'll do a great job. Yeah. Um, but you can also well, hire handymen to do it. And you have to, you have to be okay with the difference of quality. <laughs> professional painters are really good at what they do. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, handymen. Depends on who. I mean, if you know them, you could even do it yourself. And and here's a way of saving always, some money. Yeah, not always. I should. That's a lie. You but I used to always. It, but do, used to always. You used like to condos always. and smaller spaces. Yeah, it's it's something that you know you have a weekend. You can you can do it. You tape up the tape up the ceilings, tape up the baseboards if need be, and away you go. Have at it. If you get good enough. I mean, when I I used to be a painter, actually, believe it or not, uh, for uh, for. A very short period of time. It wasn't really a pro- profession for me, but uh, yeah, it was. It was a summer job, and I, I was painting a, a high rise. Um, uh, was it like building. college pro or whatever? Did you no, it was. Pro? I worked for my my actually my my best friend's uh, uncle owns a a, a company, a kind of like a, a, a later term elevate sort of mm, type okay. of thing. They own a bunch of apartment buildings, gotcha. and uh, so. There was always work that needs to be done yeah, at yeah, okay. apartment building. So we were painting this whole apartment building. And uh, very quickly, I realized that's not the work for me. So uh, so now on the painting podcast. But I got really good at painting. Oh, so. that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started, you know, taping everything. I mean, like, by the end Super of it, anal. I was like, and you're like, yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. One, it was good, nicely cut lines. And, uh, and Spiro can teach you all how to paint on his next YouTube series. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be really boring. But you should. Um, okay, so I mean, we spent a lot of time on painting there for a second, but yes. all, all this to say, you don't have to be an investor to add some value, right? You could, there's a lot of people for the first time buying homes in our demographic right now, you know, moving out of that condo life, moving into the freehold, a little bit more space, a little bit of work from home, and saying, okay, crap, I'm competing with all these people in this new sexy homes. Well, maybe just look a step down. Hell, that's what we did here. And find something that's maybe a little bit cheaper, maybe not so much competition, and it is not being sold on its sexiness. And a lot of the time, maybe it's just paint and flooring, and away you go. And you actually perfect flooring. That's exactly what I was going to mention oh next. So you walk into the front door, you immediately notice the paint, the ugly paint, and mm-hmm. you're like, ah, this is going to be way too much work. Ah, I don't want to do it. It's not worth the price, and you leave. Yeah, that's what the typical person will do. Now. What's the second thing that you usually notice is the floor. I mean, you're walking on it. You, you usually you're looking especially at, that you know, old old carpet life. You, exactly. So you you notice the maybe it's old wood flooring that's a little bit rough and uh, needs you know a, a nice sanding and staining, or mm. maybe needs to be ripped out, or maybe needs to be built on top of it, or better yet, 
I saw this. This was like a meme a while back. Anyway, something about boomers covering up old good hardwood with stupid carpet or broadloom. Mm. But a lot of times, like you, you, peel, you peel up that carpet and you're like, "Damn, this is that hardwood's great in great shape." Shape, yeah, right. We had cool. a client. One of our clients did that uh, last summer. I, mm-hmm. I believe they they peeled the carpet and it was like beautiful old yeah. hardwood. And it was like, why would they? ever cover this with carpet. that was like the thing i don't know why but then you get like you're looking at nona's home and she left the the carpet on top and you're just trying to freshen the place up a little bit up goes the carpet boom it's great underneath sand and restain a little bit of paint maybe you change some knobs in the kitchen and a countertop bada bing bada boom you're livable right and you didn't pay you know the extra i i dare say 100 grand that's maybe a little aggressive but yeah the, the extra money with the extra competition on the next uh, on the next house but let's say you're not an end user because i mean we are investors we do talk to a lot of investors what what are some other ways that we can add uh, add value to a property bedrooms money dollars on the rent that's uh that's probably one of the most common ones that we use that's the yeah that's probably the most simple ones and the ones that uh, if you're listening to this and you've watched other a real estate investment uh, podcast or shows, that's what they always talk about, right? How many bedrooms could you squeeze into this unit? Especially if you're looking at the student housing uh, type or yeah, rooming, housing, rooming house type of building. If you're like a bedrooms dollar, so there's a couple categories of like where the dollars for rent truly do equal value. And I mean, maybe that could be on the student housing side or that could also be on like a larger apartment building, you know, five, seven, 10 plus units where the value is actually appraised based on like the net operating income of the property. How much money does it bring in versus how much am I spending? And the more I can keep monthly, the more the property's worth generally on a larger, more commercial building. On a lot of our, like the stuff that we do, the the single family homes converted into two, three units, that type of stuff. It's probably worth noting that like, you're still comparing yourself to a single family home, right? So it doesn't necessarily, our first property, the there's like a semi-detached little bungalow in our usual pocket, you know, the, the JV we have in the office there, um, that's like, it's got seven bedrooms in it. Again, semi-detached bungalow or one and a half story, seven beds, it Damn prints Billy. money. It's like, it's a great high cash flow property. But at the end of the day, it's still got seven beds in a semi and that's a little crazy. And like an end user who you're still comping against, it, d- it doesn't have that, right? No. Or they don't, they don't care whether or not they have that. So that there's a certain extent of where the, the you, value you always have to compare the bedrooms. apples and apples. Yeah. So you can't compare apples and yeah. oranges. Yeah, so exactly. if you have seven bedrooms and the typical, uh, you know, bungalow in that area has two or three. Yeah. Maybe well, you get a benefit from having one. Yeah, more. exactly. Maybe if it's you have a, you have if an you're extra, not but. sacrificing more space for that, right? But um, your you know, your net operating income, yeah, looks is going to is going to go up. So I mean, all that to say, like I, I've started to lean this way too, and we start to do a lot of our properties, like the instead of the the triplex. It, I mean, legal is one thing, but instead of like the hacky triplex, right, where you've taken out effectively the top floor and then you have the main floor which kind of is as it was anyways and the basement which in toronto it's all, almost always acceptable for it to be an apartment by going to like that third unit you now instead of doing like the top two floors together you you kind of now limit almost your i mean and this is subjective but i think you potentially could limit your true value your true like appraisal cost for example or appraisal value by removing some by turning yourself into now an investor only product 
when yes. you're comparing to the I, it rest all depends, of the right? I mean, the, but, there's people that would argue the opposite side too, yeah. right? I mean, typically, if you have two separate units where you would have originally had one, you're going to be uh, gaining a higher return immediately. So, yes, monthly. You know, two one bedroom units will always, almost always, give you more income right now mm-hmm. than one larger unit oh, because I the, I could, yeah, the oh, more literally. bedrooms you have. The least, the less each bedroom is actually going to generate yeah. an income. If you if you go by that model of taking how many bedrooms there are, and no, that's uh, that's fairly accurate though. It, like, it is there's a diminishing though. return. A one bedroom goes for this, and a two bedroom yeah. goes. So if a it, one bedroom is fifteen and a two bedrooms twenty five, there's already a little bit of and cut off. It, and three gets lower. It's and, basic. It's basic. Think about it yourself. Yeah. Would you rather be living with four or five roommates, or would you rather be living by yourself? Economy right? of I scale, mean, I suppose. Yes. Um, so exactly. Yeah, I don't even know where we are at now. <laughs> we went on a tangent about bedrooms. Tant- bedroom tangent, yes. So, oh yeah, the point I was trying to make, because <laughs> some people have a tendency to go, and I'm, hey, I was like this before, bedrooms equals value. Bedrooms equals dollars per month. But there is a point of no, like don't go too crazy and start throwing up walls in your living room to split one living room into two bedrooms and your dining room into two more bedrooms and just cram as many people in there as possible. There is a fine line to walk as that would have an adverse effect also by just turning your house into like this makeshift sketchy rooming house situation. And then we won't even talk about the tenant issues you'll have to deal with down the road. So like keep within, you know, keep within the norm of the neighborhood, the norm of like what feels comfortable in that property style. Plus maybe a, a, a touch, but not nothing too crazy. So that's bedrooms. That's bedrooms, bedrooms, paint, flooring, yeah. the basics. Now, those are real, real basic. Anyone those are real basic. But we're missing two of the, I would say, most basic things that people look at when they walk into a home. This is end user and investors. It's okay. both. You walk into the kitchen, and you see an old kitchen with Mm-mm. you know laminate everything. Practically, I guess in that in that point it'd be laminate everything, and yeah. you have the old big clunky stove, and mm. it's pink because it's from like the '60s, and you have the old fridge, and everything's laid out poorly, and there are what seems to be a hundred different cupboards because that's how they used to build them. Oh yeah, everywhere, tiny little things, tiny, and uh, you see that, and immediately you get turned off, and that's what happens to the average person i think oh, yeah I, th- I hope you guys can see where i'm going here when when i say the average person or that's what you notice it's because most people will see that and walk away and that's exactly where the deal is both yeah, for well, end users and investors again end users how great. are you going to pick up that 1.5 million dollar home that you really want but you can only afford a 1 million dollar home well if you look at the 1 million dollar work to do you have some work to do and you need to put that sweat equity and you're going to find that shitty kitchen or that shitty bathroom, which is the yep. second thing I was going to bring up. Yeah. Those are huge places to look. And again, you may have heard this before because it this is basics. This is yeah real estate basics. This is really where you have to begin. You walk into the kitchen and you get to that point where you know exactly how much everything's going to cost to fix. So without even visiting a property, you can just look at the pictures and be like, okay, I need this done. I need this done. New appliances is going to cost X amount. The cupboards are going to cost this amount. I just need to paint this, put new flooring, and we're good to go. And it's going to look like a million bucks after or (laughs) (laughs) 1.5. Yeah. A million bucks doesn't get you far here anymore. No, but yeah, kitchens are very important. And what are, what are the, what are some of the things that we do? Personally, for I kitchens, mean, yeah. Well, I mean, 
I like the stainless steel appliances. I think oh, that's, that's that's like a non-negotiable anymore. It's that's 2020. Like, exactly. You get yourself some stainless. And, and actually, price-wise, they're oh, like a hundred bucks more. Yeah, like, they're dirt cheap nowadays. Yeah, it's the same thing. Stainless is important. That's, um, that's all people really buy, I would say, yeah. at this point. Quartz is nice. I like me some nice. I like okay. So when we're Quartz talking super about super easy to clean again, this this whole concept of value, you want to be especially when you're talking about renovating, picking colors, all this type of shit. You want it to be like super neutral. You want to appeal to the masses as many people as possible. Bright, neutral, that type of stuff. So when we're talking about like kitchen counters. I like whites. I don't like the dark counters. Uh, that's that's in now though. What the dark counters? Sorry, not dark the, counters. Uh, dark cupboards. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's when it, super so, in like, right now. I've got the fairly gray cupboards, which mm-hmm. I I almost wish they were a touch darker. But that's dope. So the the white cupboards are kind of like a timeless. I don't th- I don't think you works. can go it wrong. Makes, it makes the room look bigger. It makes it look clean. Yeah. It makes it look bright. It, white you cupboards, can't go wrong. With white them. counter, and then like some people will mix it up. They'll go with like a gray upper or gray lower and a white upper. Usually, I think it's gray lower, white upper. Yeah, um, I've, I've seen got the gray all around. I think it was one of your clients uh, had a dark. Uh, one of the clients I, Simon's I, I, done it recently too. Simon's done it, yeah, and, and it, it looks it looks cool. I mean, I, I don't know. What, I, I like the bright colors to be honest. Yeah, because I think it, it makes you feel clean when you walk in. Yeah. or like let's say you're walk you wake up and you go down to your kitchen and it's really bright, the shiny stainless yeah. steel, your nice quartz white countertop. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's clean. It's, it's clean. nice. It's appeals to the masses, yes. right? Same with it's, bathrooms. The like the bathrooms, it's more or less the same. I should make a note. I want my gold freaking handles yes see i think now this is subjective this is more personal preference i like me some gold handles in a kitchen uh no no it's objective (laughs) it's objective everybody loves the new thing so like that was anyways and uh (laughs) it's it's the new thing yes yeah for those Um, who didn't see yeah don't worry about it uh (laughs) bathrooms is more or less more more of the same like i like big 12 by 20, it's not even that big but anymore, 12 by 24, like porcelain tile or something. Not crazy expensive, but bright, brightens up the space. Looks a lot more expensive than it actually yeah, is. Yeah, and is, that, that's, where we go that's, on where our, that's where we go on our materials, especially for like the rentals. Looks more expensive than it is, shows super well, like the, Dude, the vinyl plank flooring, that type of stuff I mean, shows well. Rentals and it's aside, if you're going to be living in a place yeah. and you're on a budget and you can buy something that looks way more expensive than it is yeah so no brainer it's kind of like this table right yeah here. <laughs> well that, this is a perfect example it's a perfect example it looks i'm great. real real good Not at buying good shit deal. that looks more expensive than it is <laughs> and then we go talk to the mr appraiser and we say mr appraiser look what i did to the house i'm sure lauren would say something different about about me buying shit that's more ex- well i she gets the opposite I think I tell I think. her that it's less expensive than it was. <laughs> I can confirm. Yeah. Uh, what? I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. She probably won't. No, nah, probably won't. Let's be real. She hears me talk enough. Um, okay. So that's kind of the lipstick stuff. I mean, the kitchens and bathrooms are maybe a little bit more than lipstick, but like some elbow grease. But yeah, it's not. It's not basic. anything like too too crazy, right? Basic. All the behind the walls stuff. Unfortunately, as nice as it is for you as the owner, and this is why you, you hear these complaints about like flipping companies and stuff like that that just like buttered it up, made it look all pretty, and then bounced, and like everything behind the walls is still shit. The house is still leaking, all this stuff. Not saying all flipping companies are like that. Most of them are great, but they're certainly a lot are. Of, so a lot of developers and builders are like are, that as well. So yeah. So for example, my girlfriend's house out in in uh, Burlington. Yeah. Uh, her, I was speaking to her family, and they mentioned that. 
they were having an issue, so they had to go behind the wall in one mm. part of their home, and they opened it up, and they found Tim Hortons cups, in old the garbage. <laughs> they just threw it in there, like, and they just patched on the drywall. Yeah, they don't give a and, fuck. No, they don't care because their whole goal is to get as quick, many de- quick yeah, speed quick, as fast and then, as possible. Again, and they focus on what's their highest value item, making it look pretty. I can sell it for lots because it looks sexy. And then whatever happens whatever four or happens, five years I'm down the road here, right? doesn't matter anymore. And that's that's where I mean, and I echo the same message a little bit. If it's your house and you're living in it and you like you want to take care of your property well, yeah, you should obviously HVAC, electrical, plumbing, your insulation, your windows, your roof, all these types of things. You need to make sure they're in good working order. Uh, unfortunately, they don't reflect to value so much, right? It's just it's like spending for the maintenance. I'm going to, you know, on a car, like it's like doing your brakes, because if you don't do your brakes, you're going to drive into a wall. But it doesn't add value it's to like, the car. It's it like just stretching it. every day. Or stretching. People sure. never stretch, and then they complain their back hurts. But there if you, you just stretch every day, it's not sexy. It's not fun. You're not gaining huge muscles, but right. you're going to feel much better. And that's kind of how yeah. uh, doing doing all those The you know, bench press is like a kitchen, and the yoga is like the hvac yeah <laughs> I, I like that that's right? that's good yeah that makes you sense can slap i swear a, you can start bench pressing and gain a nice chest yeah. but if if you don't have good core strength and or good and you're flexibility gonna you're gonna not be able to wipe your ass you're gonna be a goomba a goomba <laughs> hey uh okay so we've we, we're adding value to the inside of a house um, now, I mean, what what adds value to yourself as a homeowner? So that's kind of what we just brought up yeah. here. Is and again, this is investor or end user. What brings you value? What helps you sleep at night? What helps you know that you've put your all into this property? Either way, it's your baby. This mm. property, it's a lot of money to be investing. No matter where, if you're buying a you know relatively inexpensive property yeah. for a couple hundred thousand dollars in you know four hours away from the city, or if you're buying a Five million dollar property in you know Rosedale. Yeah, wherever you are, what's going to help you sleep at night? And I think that there's a lot of the bones. It's a lot of the yoga. Yes, so call it. Oh yeah, and that's what's going to help. Or do you have high efficiency windows? Yeah. Do you have a new roof? Hey man, waterproofing is a big one. Water boom. I mean, for oh. maybe not so much for like the uh, the people that live outside of the city and a little bit of a newer build age in their home. But like Toronto homes, this place is ninety years old. Most of them are between like eighty and one hundred and ten ish. So yeah, okay, they might leak in the basement every now and then. So if you're gonna spend forty thousand dollars to update your basement and you've already got maybe like a starting moisture problem that's the one i've taken too many being you know property manager in the past taken too many midnight phone calls of like uh oh i got water coming into my basement and i don't even know where it's coming from to just say yeah if i'm doing the project and it might look like it's kind of wet now let's just and and take it from us trying to contact a waterproofer to come immediately yeah, especially yeah. after everyone in the cities had water issues. Especially after everything is flooding, it's yeah. an impossible task, and it's going to get stretched on for weeks, if yeah. not months. Or dealing with and, it in uh, the middle of the evening when it's still flowing into the basement. It's yes. never fun. It's not fun. It, trust me. Trust me from experience. <laughs> I cannot put enough emphasis on this. Yeah. Please waterproof your basement <laughs> if required some of if them required. i mean like yeah, some are, there's no sense in spending good money after no. bad and it's some are just not regrading task, maybe maybe it's but you know, there's a lot of preventative patches. you can do first anyway that's for me that is that's my huge. like that's huge it has zero dollar value right i'm not getting paid i'm not making more money for waterproofing the house it will add no value 
except for I will be able to sleep comfortably. Yeah. Right? I mean, and you not, can debate maybe a little bit, but yeah, not I'll, rel- yeah, your, your return on investment is not. Don't even look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's more just a peace of mind. It's going to help you sleep well and know that, you know, you put you're all into this property. Yeah. And that's that's the same with a lot of those things. You know, do you have a nice furnace? Is your furnace breaking down? Yeah. Is your air, AC unit breaking down? Do you even have an AC unit? Oh, you better. I, I mean... I, I mean... I, I would always promote having one. Yeah, and, but it's it's Toronto. There, there's a lot of homes with radiant, good price, and people like three four thousand dollars. Yeah, if you have the, a, if you have a four on the higher end, man, you'll get it for four G's in for four all day. G's, in, yeah, easily. Um, before we go too deep into the, I mean, we've talked a lot about homes, your individual personal home. Hey, we'll maybe touch real quick on the outside of a home too. Like, what what do you do on the outside that adds value? Not you know what's super sexy right now? Red doors. Are they? I don't know. Oh, I was going to say black trim. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Red, it red brick, amazing. black trim, red, and like oh. cedar on the porch kind of thing. Oh, that is so super bellissima. sexy. Yeah. That's so nice. Again, aesthetic probably does nothing realistically it, to the property. It's, but again, it attracts eyes, right? Exactly. I mean, if you have, that's like you could do, it's either you've done it or you haven't. Yeah, she's crazy dog under the table. <laughs> Oh, now we're playing footsies. Yeah, that's weird. Um, <laughs> so either it like it you've done it or you haven't. So long as you haven't done it like horribly, you're gonna be having this better perceived value in the front. Um, what can you do in the back? Same same idea, right? This like you can either have just like a a junkyard like I had when we first moved in, or a gorgeous grass yard, which is super basic, <laughs> um, which super, super basic, basic, which doesn't add a ton, or you can do the full like backyard oasis situation, which obviously will add some value. Um, or what pools? Pools. Here's the, here's dun, the, dun, the dun. topic of contention. Okay, for a rental property, first of all, don't ever add a pool. Oh my <laughs> god, the liability <laughs> stresses me out <laughs> so much. I know. I it, that will keep you up at night. Yeah, I guaranteed. Especially That's if you're a, renting up to you know a family with little kids. Oh yeah. I I don't even want to think about that. To be, so nope. stay away. Yeah, stay don't away. Do that. That's my advice. Stay away. Um, now, if it's for your end user home, and you think adding a pool is going to add value to your property, I don't think so. This is a tough. This is a I tough one. So. Because I think there it's is super that. There's a pers- exactly. It's it, it, you don't really want to be focusing a lot of money on subjective things. You want to you want to do the objective items or tasks. Kitchens, bathrooms, yeah. floors, paint. Super objective. Everyone likes everyone likes nicer stuff. Now pools, I would argue that a larger percentage of the population dislikes pools than likes pools. I don't think they dislike pools. So here's the, I I love pools. I love cottages. I never want either one of them because they're both a shit ton of maintenance. (laughs) And I think that's probably more what it is. Right? It's not okay. Why? Who the fuck doesn't want to wake up and like go swimming on a nice summer day? But like fair that one out of 365 days that you're going to wake up and go swimming instead <laughs> of the other. I can guarantee you <laughs> every day when you wake up and you look in your pool and you find a hundred leaves yeah, or like, garbage or a dead bitch. raccoon floating in it. Hey, hopefully Toronto. nothing else that's dead in it. Yeah. Ah, no, CSI Miami I, I, here. I think dislike pools. I think I stand yeah, by that statement. I'm down on pools. most people. I, I would say dislike It'll it. Add, however, if you like, however, pools, if you're never moving, I'm not saying that I wouldn't wouldn't mind a pool. You just better this love is pools. You better be into pools. Yeah, but but you you got to know what you're getting into here. Yeah, it's, your value of your property, it's I like would a, say it's untouched. I would untouched. love, 
and, and I pools would, are expensive to build. Here's a, here's one. This is like uh, if the co- property had, let's say, a four car garage. Yes. And less house as a result of the four car garage. Most people would probably say, eh, I don't got four cars. What the fuck? But I. <laughs> subjective. I, very subjective. I would love a four car garage. I'll get all my old beaters in there. Ooh, get a good little Datsun 240Z life. You don't even know what I'm saying. No uh, nah, anyways, I would love it. But, and the value to me would probably be higher but i'm one person of like the let's call it 500 that want to look at the house and i bet you the other 499 don't give a shit about the fourth garage spot and yeah, probably uh, not so super subjective just like pools just like a lot of other things you could put in your house uh crazy fixtures that type of stuff could be you know super used. so keep things neutral if you're trying to add dollar dollar value um why don't we shift gears a little bit because we talked a lot about houses. i really i really want a tennis court in my backyard see with the subjective. basketball net I, don't I mean, think that's a, no, that's I not. It's pretty dope. Yeah, I think that's a pretty. That's the like house has got to be pretty dope if you've got uh, in the space, the lot. If you've got space for a tennis court, you probably got space for a lot of other stuff. Oh, no, I don't. A lot of other stuff. A lot. Get it? I'm so punny. <laughs> but lot size is actually pretty important too. Yes. I think that's more on purchase. There's nothing really you can do there. Well, you can't really increase your lot size unless you're playing Monopoly and like buying up your neighbors. I know somebody's doing that in yeah. uh, I don't know small town. Nice farm, farm town, Ontario. I mean, but uh, she's buying like oh, her neighbor's properties. Pretty cool. That's the she's move. Playing real life monopoly. There. That's the move. I would love because we're in a semi. Like I would love to buy this guy. Uh, this guy. Yeah, over there. <laughs> I know my house. Oh, oh nice. your dog just. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Cal. She just dog, hit her dog head. Thought she could so be part hard. of like, oh, the podcast. She's looking. She's staring she at a like, wall right now. <laughs> smoked her head on one of the. You okay? Oh, she's fine. Anyways. Oh no. <laughs> she's like help me, me so how here. about laneway housing yeah so like there's other ways right you've got so you talked about lot what else is on the lot that could potentially increase the value of the home uh absolutely and i think this is a very toronto specific thing right now i don't know Super, uh, other cities that have piloted this i'm sure there are i think marco and windsor is are they I, i'm not sure around i saw with all yeah. the, he's doing he's some doing development, development stuff now. i just don't know, don't know what know development yeah but like, okay, and this is when we get him on again, he'll be sitting. He'll talk about all of his dope, uh, dope development projects. Mm-hmm. So this is like a, a very new one, right? The the city, we had a call with a great, uh, great company that specializes in this recently. But the the city is kind of, I don't want to say rubber stamp, but they've made it very, um, like very straightforward. If the, your lot and property meet a cer- certain set of criteria, to get approvals across the city for a laneway house. Right, some of those criteria, it's got to be of a certain width, you know, more or less 20 feet is kind of like the standard ish. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> uh, and then, like, a certain depth, you have to be so far away. The laneway house has to be so far away from like the main house in the backyard. You can't fuck with anyone's like sight lines and shit like yeah. that. So, I know they were showing us you like have have roof width, slopes. So walk from the front um, of the property to the back. Something about existing parking and all that stuff. But if your property meets those criteria, you could literally build a second house on your own lot. I mean, you have to have access to a laneway. That's, you know, and pretty just simple to, criteria for laneway to house. Take a step back. It is pretty expensive to do. Oh yeah. You're literally building a property. Yeah. On you're your bu- property. And it's, I mean, you're whatever shanty old garage is likely there is probably not going to support it. You've got to run, you know, new electrical, new plumbing, all that type well, of stuff. It's like your boy, Ryan Carr does in, uh, your boy <laughs> in Oshawa. I think he buys properties that you can legally 
sever. Yeah. yeah, he's done a. He's, he talked about a couple crazy severing deals. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 kind of like the Toronto version. You're not severing a 15 by 100 foot lot. There's no absolutely <laughs> no way. But, but yeah, if it's got a laneway, <laughs> but <laughs> you can definitely build something on the existing property. I mean, again, like Phil said, there's a lot of things that you got to look into here. But mm-hmm. uh, and there are professionals that do this. I mean. It, it, it would be an interesting conversation for us to have on the podcast. Yeah, well. I would actually love to have one of those guys on to talk. Go deeper. I've actually this is already a, talked to them. And nice. They're, they're cool to Perfect. come on. Bring them to the basement. Get them nice and drunk and teach us about laneway housing. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> get them nice. I don't, that's not where I thought he was going with this one. I want to learn about laneway housing <laughs> get in them its nice and fullest, drunk. most organic form. That's all. It has nothing to do with... Never mind. That wall is red. I got to paint that. Um, <laughs> it's a red room. Oh, my God. You're going to come they're back and it's not going to be great. It's gonna not be coming on. They're going to listen to this episode. They're never coming they're be on. be like, oh, yeah, let's check you guys out. What? <laughs> you want to you get me drunk? Uh. Anyways, yes. But, okay, so here's uh, – it's maybe not subjective value. Like, there is definitely – if I build a rental unit on the back of my lot, I'm going to get X for rent. And there is a monthly dollar value associated um caution caution this is there are no precedents for this that's where that's 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 where the issue comes that's the big issue right if you're taking let's say you take a line of credit on your house to spend 200 grand to build a giant laneway house it's gonna cost more at 200 grand to build a not so giant laneway house (laughs) in the back of your lot you're probably looking at four four to five hundred thousand i don't think it'd be that high if you want to make well, it really nice. We'll to, yeah, I mean, if it depending on the size. Um, and if you have architects that are making it look fancy. Bougie. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could probably do it for three. Anyways. so It's going to be six figures and deep six figures. So yes. let's say you took that money out of your, your home and you're expecting, you know, our crazy bear model. You're expecting to refinance it and pay that capital off. The problem with being so early is there's just no precedent no. for it. Right? In theory, it makes total sense. I mean, yeah. how and does I'm, your I'm property sure that doesn't have two buildings on it not worth more? Yeah, how is yeah. it not I mean, worth I'm, more? I'm sure it would be worth more. But I mean, you can, it's extent, a pretty, and that's right? that's where you just don't know. So you got to be comfortable with the unknown, knowing that like, yeah, the appraiser's probably going to be new, like not new appraiser, but new to this whole idea. I've never seen this before. This just isn't. I mean, common. appraisers just look at properties and like, ah, yeah, they got to have something like to compare it to, yeah. right? Or at least a a known form to make an adjustment accordingly. Exactly. Uh, and I don't know that that exists yet, but it is still a very cer- so certainly an interesting would you opportunity. Stay, would you steer clear from it? from them for now no not necessarily now what type of investor wants to buy and build a laneway house well that's you, you, i think that's a little bit who because i'm trying to think when it would really make sense and i think i think what to my understanding right now it makes sense for someone like you said who has a home that they've paid off already mm-hmm. and wants to maybe it's their i mean it's a great opportunity to have either kick your the kids pa- out the kids or the kick parents out. right like and you're not you coming back parents that don't need you know yeah. Four bedroom home. They need their one or two bedrooms, and yeah. they could just live on your property you, and be you close. Don't want you don't want the in-laws living in your basement. Well, kick them, them in the backyard. Throw them in the laneway. <laughs> this is the this is the Toronto version of setting up a tent in your backyard for the kids to go play in, kind yeah. of thing. Just Having a coach a house lot more or expensive. whatever it is. It is. It's essentially a coach house. It is. Um, and it's a, you're just a you need a specific criteria on your lot to have. But one. That's all. The return on investment is again subjective yeah right monthly so, cash on cash you can justify there's a dollar there's there's an associated value there so like maybe you know at least you could probably cover right if i'm taking out x on a home equity line of credit and i'm going to get two grand a month well i could probably cover my cost of borrowing 
But am I going to refinance and get my money back? I don't know. But it's an interesting opportunity. So, like, there's certainly the, the type of people, either, like you said, are going to be kicking them out to the backyard or, like, the the families, yeah, yeah. multi-generational living, someone moves Which out is, to the back. Which is definitely going to be on the rise. It, I think it's always been apparent in, I would say, a lot of European families, yeah. um, to my knowledge. Oh, or super. Maybe immigrant families, I'll say, because yeah. it's, it's, I mean, for a lot of people, if you don't need to pay rent. Oh, it's great. Don't pay rent yeah. and save until you can buy. I mean, th- that's exactly how generational wealth starts right you have you have the first generation that comes here and they work their ass off every day and they pay off their house that they bought for twenty thousand dollars or whatever it was at the time and and uh, their kids grow up in the house and they stay until they're 30 and then they move out and they've already saved and never paid rent in for a day Mm -hmm. and then so on and so on so i mean that's a great way to have that opportunity because in toronto you don't have space to grow realistically well once if you can't afford kids, to buy another property altogether exactly right? and your kids say, are gonna be really cooped up very yeah, quickly let's say your parents have owned the property for 20 years it should be paid relatively low that's a good strategy for that that type of thing mm-hmm. without having them go too far but also not being like right on top of each other yeah but another person that could be maybe looking at that type of strategy i don't know what the hell this was <laughs> um could be like a, an investor, but who wants to plan long term, wants to plan for the future. And we're doing this maybe a little bit more often nowadays with uh, with our early investors, too, for like bungalows, top ups, extensions, building more, not just on the lot, like a second house altogether. But so you don't have a laneway. You could build the house up. You could build the house back. So there's a lot of detached bungalows that are going around that are maybe cash flow neutral Plus a little bit, you know, they're not super crazy cash flow heavy because they don't have the opportunity for three floors of, of bedrooms, right? But they're at least cash flow positive. And then, you know, the whole process of doing a top up, uh, by top up, I mean adding an additional floor or an extension to your home is fairly extensive, right? Got to get permits. You got to get, you know, you got to get drawings. Segway. <laughs> top up. Top ups. Andre and I are going to do a walkthrough of a property it is so beautiful where and they topped it up winnetta avenue oh nice it is going to be listed i don't want to disclose any details yet we're still in the uh in the process of finalizing it it's mm-hmm. gonna be around two million probably a little bit above nice but uh it's oh my god fantastic the top up they did and See? you can really tell the difference of the top up it was a one and a half story so mm-hmm. kind of like a bungalow on steroids like a two and a half or two three. now it's a three yeah and oh it is beautiful it's happening more and more right because you have you've got all these like it happens a lot around here happens a lot around like that the st Clair west area st Clair west Ellington west old bungalows Ellington west is a hotbed for that it's going crazy right now it's not let's not don't tell everybody (sighs) i know beat that out (laughs) you gotta you gotta beat that out i gotta buy more over there first yeah that's yeah if you subscribe for us this was that fire like man this is tangent actually here's a tangent beep that out (laughs) this fucking happened blog to people ask why that pocket like popped so quickly we were still buying like Corso Italia, Eglinton West, Super St. Clair West. Beep Bucket. all this up. Oh, just beep, beep. <laughs> oh my but God. Like, Simon's going to have a stroke. I know. No, it, well, it's gone now. It used to, well, it's, That's true. it's not entirely it's, gone, it's, but it used to be like dirt cheap, but well, it's gone Peterborough up property. 22% over the well, course the of the like, street. Yeah. What about it? What did it sell for? I don't know yet. It's sold conditionally. <sighs> under 1.2, which is a great deal. So I mean, Oh, it's a great deal. If you got it under 1.1, oh my God. Barring that. 
Perfect. But that that whole pocket went up so fast, and I have clients over from like from last year to this year, being like, "Well, I talked to you last year, and these were the properties you were sending me, and then I sat on the sidelines, and then I sent you property. You know, I'm sending them properties now, and I'm like, what the fuck happened? But I tell you, man, it's BlogTO or Narcity or one of these fucking websites. Somebody put up this article. Oh, the last safe place for millennials to live and cheap and blah blah blah. And all Not of a sudden, so cheap anymore. Incoming the flocks, and well, it's okay because own some stuff over there but it's harder to buy more still yes. cash flow positive in toronto and you gotta you gotta always you know live and learn and adapt um, uh, nothing's ever certain yeah stocks real estate no matter what you're investing in stocks i don't even want to talk about stocks Oof. but real estate it, the pockets move and uh yeah. you know fire fire gentrifier my, <laughs> my favorite my favorite term okay this how is, long is this tangent this is this is a kind of a touchy subject i guess to some what? but the, the dirty term gentrify i just can't fathom the negatives of gentrification i try oh to think yeah i'm it. staying the fuck out of this one i try to think about it and i hold on i i get it i get it you want to live in the area and you want to keep it for generations and generations See. right and, and and some generations i mean i, I won't get into you know poverty and different neighborhoods and why there's poverty i mean i can talk about that for hours and we can have a full you can TED do that talk. on the spiro talks by himself podcast exactly i can i can do that on my own and keep you out of it but i think if you look throughout history what happens to neighborhoods that are not gentrified or cities that don't yeah become gentrified i it, <sighs> you know it's it you know i we can't control it Right. It's a tough thing. If there is an in-demand area, let, let's use Toronto as an example. Yeah. It's just kind of like if there is enough constant pressure, constant demand on a small enough section, like geographical area, it, the supply is only so far. The demand is so great. The cost is going to increase. And there's because the cost is continuing to climb so high, like the gentrification just kind of happens because only certain people can then buy into a neighborhood, right? And over generations, I suppose that barrier to entry just continues to get higher, and then people end up moving out. And I don't know, maybe I'm just explaining how gentrification works. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you're seeing it right now in in you know uh, a community that means a lot to me in Greektown right here at Danforth. Yeah. It used to be all Greek-owned businesses, and now yeah. there's barely any left. I got a bunch of us. Yups, just yeah, moving in. It, that's exactly what happened, and all the businesses left, and the landlords raised rents because, yeah. and then the could. new bougie businesses and the move new bougie, in, and exactly, or or chains, or you know, yeah. franchises, and and it, and it changes neighborhoods. But and this is happening to a neighborhood that means a lot to me. But you have to adapt. It's yeah. just all about adapting, and uh, I would argue cities become stronger. It's like a new Netflix show comes out and you watch it right away and you're like one of the first per people to watch it and then everybody watches it and they're like, mm. this is the best show and you get angry at them and you're like, no, this was my show. I was here first. Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon. I heard that, that's That's good. my show for that. Well, see, clearly not everyone's jumped on, so that's good. No. But go watch Altered Carbon. That was good shit. Not a sponsor or a plug <laughs> or anything. <laughs> Speaking of sponsors. <laughs> I was about to say that. Oh man. Okay, let's now, get back to the topic here. We've gone on a tangent. I mean, I think we okay, so you, you got a few ways. You can pretty up and you can do your internal, you know, your little lipstick reno. That's gonna add some value. Absolutely. Fairly easy stuff to do, makes your house pretty, more livable. You're likely gonna get some value out of it. Um, you could add a house on the back of your house, back of your lot, not actually attached to your house. So laneway house, if you've got specific 
allowances for that. Yes, you can add some value. How much? Right now, a little bit tough to figure out. Um, you could also top up your property. You can extend your property. These are things that have been going on for quite a while now. The process is tough, but it's nice for investors maybe to buy a bungalow, for example, have a couple units, rent cash flow positive, barely, but still cash flow positive. Then they can hold that property indefinitely. And then over the years, they can go to committee of adjustments, go to the city, get your permits, blah, blah, blah. And then when they're ready and the property's appreciated and they've got the permits in hand, they can do that top up or that extension or whatnot. And there should be, you know, depending on the neighborhood, sufficient comparables to actually comp out and figure out a dollar value for that. Um, maybe one last item in, in terms of like the, as you start to scale and the, these big, big building buyers have been doing this for years before the Burr model got even coined. Same, same exact thing. So they buy a rundown building. I mean, we're doing this a little bit more on the team now as well, is where we'll, we'll buy larger. We've shifted, not all of us, and not very frequently, but we've shifted into maybe buying five-unit buildings, seven-unit buildings, those types of things, where the rents are not, you know, the units are dilapidated, the rents aren't in maximum shape, and those types, those size of properties are valued based on how much money they bring in, right? So by increasing how pretty a unit is, you might not be directly increasing the value of the property, but once that unit is maybe changed hands and the rents come up to market, and now we're going to get blamed for gentrification, um, that's that's a direct correlation to value. So some people listening might know the term cap rate. Um, basically, your your income, your net operating income over the cost of the property gives you a percentage rating. Let's assume your cap rate, and this is fairly common nowadays, is 5%. Uh, maybe for a big, big building, well, that's a little high, yeah. but we'll call it 5% for argument's sake and easy math in my head. Every, I think it's every additional dollar that you create, create in rent is $20 in value, right? Or net operating income. So if you can reduce your expenses over here, and this is again, just big building stuff, but if you can reduce your expenses over here and increase your, your income over here then you're spitting out a much bigger figure on the back and end. companies have full divisions that oh, yeah. that's their job. Big investment one companies my, have been doing this for years. One of my good friends, yeah, that's, that's his the job, whole game. Figure out how to become more efficient. Efficiency yeah. is key. You, right. Well, yeah, yeah, when when there's companies that go around and just sell light bulbs to big buildings because it truly does equate to a higher value at the thousands end of the day. Thousands and thousands of dollars in savings per yeah. year. I think I think the main thing if there's one thing that you can take away from this episode is when you're adding value to your property and you want to put money into it, go for objective yeah, objective things. If your goal is cash, right? If your goal is strictly financially based and not yes. like and not uh, you know, hey, not I like it because it's pretty. Exactly. I got penis windows upstairs. They're stained glass. They look dope. I bet you they're not adding value to anybody. <laughs> But I think they're sick. They are pretty cool. <laughs> they're a fun talking point when people walk into the house. Nobody cares. No. It doesn't add value. No. So if you're looking to add value, objective items, objective renovations, that's the way to go. And if you don't know what that is, because if you're not living this every day, you probably don't. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a fair question to ask. It's not yeah. like you're it's not like you're stupid for not knowing. It's just, just hey, know. I don't know too much about stocks. I'd have to ask questions to professionals if I really wanted help in it. Mm -hmm. I know that I know not enough to stay away from them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But in real estate, you have those people that you can ask either if it's friends, that, that's a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Ask 10 friends. Hey, 
I'm putting in this cool countertop. What do you think? If it if most of them like it, odds are it's objective and not subjective, hmm. right? It, it's that's exactly what objective means. It means most people, most people think are that way. Yeah. Another great person to ask your realtor. Your realtor, if Hi. they are great, they will know yeah. exactly what an objective uh, uh, renovation is. Make creating value objectively. That's mm-hmm. so important. I think. We've gone on now for a little bit. I think we have a few questions uh, from Andre, actually. He prepared a few questions for us. So, Andre, why don't you come uh, a little bit closer? Just throw out a couple. Maybe pick maybe pick two, and we can just uh, quickly discuss them here. We need, like, is this our listener question segment? Yeah, yeah. We have, nice. I, I think we should, you know, I, because this is perfect. I mean, Andre's the perfect example of somebody who wants to learn about this a little bit. And, uh, and what better way to learn about it than to... Ask the guys that do this all day. It's fair. So what, what do you think about um, um, solar panels? Solar do they, panels. Do they add value to property or no? Interesting. Saving on electrical bill. So I think theoretically you would believe that they do. It's kind of yeah. like that whole, um, what, what was it? Uh, theoretically adding, was a waterproofing? Yeah. Right? Like you, you would think that that well, would add a lot of value. More tangible than water, and I don't. I don't know the exact like dollar value in terms of savings, for example. But I can tell you, I've looked at you. Know, I know you get a rebate because you send some power back to the grid, right? Typically, it uses some power for the house, some goes back to the grid, and there is like an actual savings. You know, there's a calculation, and I'm sure you can say I get X. The cost of this was Y. Um, but when I when you look at a property that actually has a solar panel on it. And I can't think of many, but I also can't think of any that have ever been like noticeably more expensive than their neighbors. No. I, I would say I, I used waterproofing. I actually meant laneway housing. It's, right. it's, a, it's another one of those topics where it, it's just not around enough to really make mm-hmm. a huge impact. And I know there was a pretty huge barrier to entry for the first few years it was available. They were really yeah. expensive, unreliable didn't really do that well in the market. I think the, the payback period was so long. It was so long. It was something like 15, 20 years originally when they first came out to actually like earn the money back off of them. Fact check uh, that. But yeah. <laughs> it's something like that. It's a long Don't period, right? Fact so check everything that I say. No, that's, that's actually, that's a great question though. I mean, theoretically you would expect it to increase value and hey, maybe one day it will. Maybe one day shortly. I mean, I, mean, I think we're definitely moving more towards a green building standard in just in general. Yes, I agree. Um, you know, the way totally. the heat homes are heated, the way the insulation. Efficiency. It's efficiency. all efficiency, right? Yeah. yeah. Your HVAC systems are becoming more efficient. There's um, there's a local guy, I think he was uh, he's starting to work on, like most of the, he used to do a lot of flips. And a lot of the new projects he's working on, he's trying to make it so that the homes are complete, like 100% self-sufficient. Now, again, this is a, do you get your money back out of that type of work? No, he's so new to it too. Like the whole process is so new. If this home in Toronto can function completely off the grid, great. You used a lot of expensive products, and this is unfortunately this is the way it's looked at right now. You've used a lot of expensive products, and I have nothing to comp it against. So therefore, what's your value? But your you know impact on the earth is tremendous compared to the other building style, and I'm sure that will hopefully eventually become like a norm. But, you know, this is not the Off the Grid Living podcast. And I don't know shit about it. <laughs> okay, and the next question. Uh, what are the things you should not spend money on? So what are, what are the things you should not spend money on? Uh, well, okay. That, that is jumps immediately into the subjective 
realm, right? If you like something, buy it, right? But in terms of is it uh, is it going to add any value to the home? I think we touched on it earlier. Pools are a real touchy subject. That's a, a one where you can spend a lot, like a, lot a of significant yeah. amount of money. And if your goal is not to be in that home and taking care of that, you know, that pool, for example, or if you can't afford to, take or if you care can't afford it. to take, there's a cost associated to maintaining it. Um, and then it just gets degraded and then you've got to fill the pool in and it's concrete. You can't go grass and like, it has a real impact on the lot. Um, that's a good one. I would say to, that's not going to add a tremendous amount of value and you're eliminating a ton of buyers out of the pool, <laughs> the, <laughs> the potential, you know, the potential people that would look at your home because they don't want to deal with the same things. They don't want to deal with the maintenance or whatnot. You have a very few select individuals. I don't know. What's another one that you could say you don't like? That's a, pretty much things like uh, wine cellars. Wine cellars. <laughs> That's a good one. I think once you get to the level of wine cellars, so elevator. Let, let, let's say you're in a, in an average Toronto home. Uh, I would say they typically don't have space for a wine cellar. So, um, I mean, I mean, if you're looking at your, you know, again, I said this last time, 15 by 100 lot, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is very normal, you know, 18 feet by 100. Yeah. Uh, to have a wine ce- cellar, maybe you have like a cantina or something and you have a wine cellar in there. But I'm going to uh, make sure that Lauren knows that you used the word cantina earlier. Why? Because that we've had this constant battle between cantina and cold cellar for years and it's cantina. just it's not a cold cellar it's cold cellar sounds I, it sounds gross sounds very yuppie cantina sounds like where you go hang out cantina. With, yeah hey, exactly i'm gonna go to the cantina i'm you curing my the, meat <laughs> yeah, it's, it's called it's making my wine yeah <laughs> yeah so i would say things like that again are pretty subjective now if you have like a four million dollar home and you have space for a wine cellar live it up man. i think like, it's uh, there's a it. point they're, to be made there about knowing your audience knowing the exactly. market Right, because there's a certain point where that's an ex- expectation, right? Yes, yes. And hell, there's certain markets. If you're in like L.A., for example, I'm sure a pool is probably like an expectation, the, yeah. and at a certain price point, you're not the one taking care of it, anyways. So, well, in Toronto, you can use a pool for what four months? Yeah, maybe six. Well, yeah, exactly. If it's heated, maybe six. But <laughs> yeah, but precisely. Like, but like, yeah, um, I, I think exactly what Phil said. Know your audience. Uh, yeah. at, at a certain point. It's a lot of different. It, it will add value, sense. but uh, I, I would say at the average range, so you Here, know, one million dollar range, one point two million dollar range, whatever yeah. it is in Toronto. If you have a if you have a wine cellar, for example, you're not going to have a basement at that point, right? Yeah. So That's I mean, pick your poison, right? Like most people aren't going to want a huge wine cellar in their basement because it takes up the whole space. And if they do, especially the people that would put it into the home like this, I mean, I if they it. do, they probably want like if they're that. Um, I don't want to say particular, but if they're like that into that hobby, we'll call it. They're gonna want to put in their own, not like someone else's half baked wine cellar. Right? Yeah, exactly. It'll be hey, let me do my custom thing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, another question uh, about interior decoration. Interior okay. decoration. And, okay. And if it uh, doesn't add uh, any value, and let's say you have a nice interior decoration, mm-hmm. does it uh, help to sell a house? If it uh, just the style of so like if it's the, a little fancier, the Actually, actual decoration of a nice home. You did yeah. this in one of your properties. We won't say any names, but uh, in the washroom, I remember you have nice wallpaper, not cheesy one, but don't you have that nice design oh, like the, underneath the, the metal, stair there? The metal, you know, the, yeah, it's like a backsplash, actually, like a metal backsplash. It looks really nice. I mean, the, I, would it, does it add value? No, but it's kind of cool. When, when you're bling. selling a house, yeah, you you want those little features that that 
them stick sizzle out, right? features. Some of these, we took a guru thing years back for flipping, and they always oh. called them sizzle features. And it was like the, the fireplace where you don't need it. Or I mean, the decorating, I think, is on, on a different different page than like adding an actual feature to a property. But that's the whole point of staging, right? The, the, the whole, whole point of staging. The whole home staging always, industry exists uh, always stage. for a reason. And it's precisely that it, because it does add value. And we were talking about this earlier. If you walk into a home that's like, old paint, old floors, old kitchen, you can't, you know, a lot of people will back away because they can't visualize what the home's going to look like at the end of the day after their project. Much can be the same. You could build a big, brand new, sexy finish, uh, empty box, and it's so much easier to show the home for someone to visualize living in the home when it's staged. And it doesn't need to be perfectly staged. If you already live in the home, obviously it's crazy to expect you to take stuff you know take all your shit out and stick it in and bring new furniture in so that it's like everyone's gonna like this but you know some depersonalization and just making sure your your decorating Whoa, is nice word it's a big one <laughs> <laughs> making sure your decorating is like neutral I, but I would the argue best you can do with if what you're you going have. to sell your property no matter what it is rental stage or it. or stage it and and put that little extra amount of money in in small things light fixtures you know, if you have the $25 cheap ones, maybe think of upgrading them. It's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, but maybe get a little bit nicer ones. It's small yeah. things like this. Like most people won't even think of it, but imagine walking into a home where you just saw 20 others that are just the same, yep. but this one has a cool light fixture that you like. Or I mean, that they're not even that extra expensive. Little, no, they're not. It's you like get, oh, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Yeah, you can get 50 like 50 bucks, you can get some, I mean, even. There's some of them nowadays in the 20 range that can do great. Yeah, those, and they're like, nice. Yeah, those LED domes from like Costco. Yeah, great. They're not like the crazy nipple dome. No, they're Ditch nice, the nipples, though. get the flatties. Um, I would, I would chandelier argue though, type any, of stuff. anything small like that that you yeah. can make stand out. Staging is a, is a big part of it, but mm -hmm. any anything small that that makes your property stand out because at the end of the day, you want to stand out, right? No matter what you do, you want to be picked and stand out. If if you're just average, you're gonna get the average price, and then you have to be okay at the work event and don't get picked. <laughs> I didn't have that problem. Oh, actually, myself. you're pretty good though. Okay. Yeah, you think I would have been picked? Uh, yeah. I, Anyways, I I'm not salty you. at all. One more question. Uh, so I just started watching uh, uh, American Horror Story. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Here we go. And basically. Uh, what if what if um, somebody died in the house or was Ooh. violently murdered? Does it affect the value of the property? Yes, indeedy. That's uh, it, the question was: if someone was violently murdered in your home, does that affect the value? Or just died? Or just died? Uh, well, I I would argue that um, like if it were, and this happens a lot in our our neighborhood that we focus in. It's very old European. You know, someone dies peacefully in the home, less of an impact. There is, there is what's called a stigma associated with certain types of events, uh, murder being one of them, um, stuff that, you know, it makes the news, it gets around, you, you, have to, you do have to, you know, disclose if something like that happens, and there will absolutely be a stigma associated and a dollar value reduction in many cases with that property. Most buyers don't want to be living in there. Now, if you're an investor, on the other hand, that and you're looking for like a high return on your rents, that might be a type of property that you want to look at. That's completely up to you. I don't know if I'd buy like a murder house. I'd probably buy like, you know, an estate sale where someone passed away at home very peacefully. 
but I'm not buying Think them. about, again, this goes back to the objective versus subjective. Yeah. Objectively, most people, including us, wouldn't really want a property like that. Just for the random reason it is, you know, just to be associated with that, rather just buy another one for the same price that's similar right so well I mean, they, they likely wouldn't be the same price and part of the objective value driving away all of the potential not all but most of the potential buyers should bring down the cost a little bit at least in some way shape or form so there there's the benefit but to you is it worth it especially if you're living in the house right i don't know if i want to get haunted by like some machete ghost or something no that's- all right dude we gotta go. We've been on this for a while now. Yeah, I think this was great. I mean, we went on and on and on. What are, What are you doing this week? Anything Anything big? Any Any plans? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's COVID. I don't go anywhere. Uh, stuck in I'm this sick basement. Of this shit. Yeah. No. I think. Um, no. Get it back on my six a.m. grind. Get out and do some deals. Nice. Uh, otherwise, just chilling. Still working here. Got some walls to paint. Gotta gotta finish setting up the office. Gotta get rid of that green and purple and red and blue and chalk and whirlwind of color. Nice. Um not not getting to go to any Quarthas or anything. Cool. That's for sure. What are you doing? I'm uh, just working on some more of my uh content personal link. yeah, content. Uh we're just gonna be shooting Seed and Village. Ooh. Beautiful area. Somewhere I know very deeply, pretty much grew up there, you know, throughout my childhood. Middle school days, high school days. That's mm. where all my friends live, my grandparents live. Damn, I got to go do a video in Newmarket. Everyone's going to be like, where the fuck? This is where we drove to the Tim Hortons. That's that, yeah. This is this is car parking lot Tim Hortons number one. <laughs> this is car parking lot Tim Hortons number two. And every so often, we would drive to Vaughn for the big car parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so be sure to check out the Seed and Village uh, episode. If you haven't seen it already, go check out 781 Markham Street. You can find that on my YouTube channels, Spiro Vrisalis. Just type in the name. I should pop up. That's how it usually works. I'm the, I think I'm the only one maybe in the you world. You can't be the only one. Yeah. The, the other one passed away. It was my grandpa. There's got to be another one. Nope. My name is... Okay, so... We're going to... Okay, someone send us. So we're going to find him. My, my name actually comes from a small town in, in Greece called Vrisalis. So what happened was my family fled. We were actually on... What used to be, I guess, considered mainland Greece, which is now modern-day Turkey. Um, Mm. So my family was there. Then, obviously, Turkey kicked everybody out and uh, pretty violently kicked everybody out. So my family fled, and uh, they went up into the mountains in a small town called Vrisalis in modern-day Greece. And uh, so they were known as the people from Vrisalis. And uh, so they then they moved to another town in the which is even higher up in the mountains because the Turkish people were coming still. <laughs> so they went even higher into the mountains to hide, and uh, that was a different village. So they were known as the people from Vrisalis. So that's where that name comes from. So yeah, realist. I'm the only Spiro Vrisalis, and I. Well, you got page one on lock. Yeah, no page one. If you look up my name, it's everything. God damn it! If you look at way. images, I'm the only Spiro Vrisalis. I'm trying to fact check. I have also been to my here. funeral before, which is super crazy. When I went to my grandpa's funeral, his name is Spiro Vrisalis. So I experienced everything they would say most likely at my funeral. What a trip. Damn it. Even okay. Like, they even got you on hockey life. Yeah, my old hockey stats are there. They're not great. How are you the ones on they the have. Official are. Ryan Serhant. Huh? I don't know. I'm on like page four. Huh? 
No, it's all me. Sorry, all right, guys. So follow me, <laughs> Asperovi Sauce, Instagram, YouTube, everything. Look at me. I'm over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the much video. more difficult. Uh, we're just going to go Instagram, philg.re, super simple, or find Spiro and then type in my name in any of the associated. <laughs> that is true. Probably a lot easier. Fine. Yeah. Okay, fine. I gave him a follow. Follow him first and then look up or Phil follow Gardner phil and the kid what or the? just follow phil and the kid yeah follow that phil works. and the kid and, and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode boom now Thanks, we guys. kind of have a space oh god all right get out of my house before my wife kills us all yes it's late <laughs>